Geeks and Geekettes, welcome to another episode of Geeky Therapy. If you are new to the show, Geeky Therapy is a safe space to discuss, complain, analyze, and criticize the biggest happenings in popular culture. We focus on a variety of topics from movies, TV, to comics and technology, sometimes even delving into conspiracy theories. What you won't find here is the drama, the chaos, and the uncertainty of the weight that you call life. So come on in, leave all your crap outside the door, and relax. Therapy is in session. Ah, you're a bit early, but that's okay. Come in, have a seat. Now, tell me how you've been since our last session, Mr. Bane. No different than last week. Now, if I remember correctly, last week we ended with you expressing some concerns with your identity, particularly related to your mask. Ah, no one cared who I was till I put on the mask. Now, I don't know who I am without it. I no longer feel in control of my destiny. It sounds to me like there is a longing for others' approval. Perhaps something to do with your parents and upbringing. Parents? I was born in the dark. I was molded by it. I see. Why don't we try something? I'd like you to close your eyes and take a few slow, deep breaths. I think you are an excellent candidate for a new technique. It's a little different, a little unorthodox, and just a little geeky. Thank you for joining me again. I'll be covering a subject that is so uh, important to me that I knew I would be greatly biased about it. And so rather than just have one therapist today, I am joined by a very old friend of mine to host a co-therapy session, Mr. Kelsey Coyne. How are you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Excited to be here. This is fun. Hopefully. <laughs> I, I don't know. So. This, this therapy stuff is new to me, so give me a chance for this one. This will be this will be some fun. Let me start this off before we really dive into, uh, I guess, our own history of being a geek. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, hype video package that we witnessed about 30 minutes ago. Oh, my ago God. That I can't stop thinking about. So we are here in Pensacola, Florida, and we went and saw a minor league baseball game. We watched the uh, Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Oh, <laughs> Wahoo! So that was their thing. That was their thing. I have to, you know, you have to copy it. And so the Wahoos were down five nothing in the ninth, and they played a hype package on the video oh, screen. So great! And it began with uh, it was a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers clip, and it was the episode in which Goldar had his own Megazord. And was royally kicking the Power Rangers' asses. So, you know, the, the Rangers uh, and the Megazord are, are down on the ground. They're getting stomped, you know, and things are starting to get uh, get a little crazy. And they don't know what to do. And it cuts to the Green Ranger and he appears on the top of a building. And he has the Dragon Dagger out. And he plays that oh-so-famous tune. Do, 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 do. And I am hyped and I am ready for the Dragon Zord to rise from the ocean and... That is not what happens. And before you get to what happens, he's not just hyped. He's standing up, yelling and screaming in the middle of a couple thousand fans. This is a double-A minor league team, so it's not that many. But we're talking a couple thousand. There's fireworks night. All the families are out. And there's a couple drunk people around us that are just staring at us like we're crazy people. Because we're two geeks sitting in the middle of a baseball stadium, screaming our heads off at a Power Ranger video. So go, go ahead. Tell them what happens, though. And so, again, Pensacola Blue Wahoos game. So instead of the Dragon Zord coming out of the ocean, it was a giant, I guess it's a blue wahoo? Yeah, giant it's a fish. giant a giant fish comes out of the ocean. Threw me off completely. With its own cry, too. 
It's on Battlecry. Yes, it has its own Battlecry. Yes, it was like that. Which, I mean, following the, the Green Ranger playing the Dragon Dagger, that is not the Battlecry I expect to hear. <laughs> but I, I have to say, it was the absolute best hype video, even with the plot twist of a giant fish coming out of the ocean. It was the best hype video I have ever seen. I don't know whether you were more hyped to see the Power Rangers video or for the Rally Fish to come out. That's true. But okay, so the subject of today's therapy session. I've thought about this on and off for, for a long time uh, growing up as a geek, but the difference in what a geek is today versus what we, being 90s kids, yep what we experienced as as being a geek. And the thing that really got me thinking about this was the fact that, you know, I'm recording a podcast and it is just one of so many outlets that exist now yes. to be able to share geeky information. Um, and this shit did not exist back then. No. You know, honestly, like, back in the 90s, I, I only remember Toonami being the one geekdom thing we had. And even that was more played towards an action geek. Well, you know what? Even before that, do you know where I got the majority of my geeky information was from magazines that I was subscribed to? Yes. I was subscribed. Yeah. Um, what was I subscribed to? I was this, I was subscribed to WWE magazine. Yeah. Uh, back when I was a wrestling fan. And then uh, Dragon Ball. There was a Dragon Ball Z magazine that I was subscribed yes. to. Oh, what is that called? They have it's. It's now a weekly magazine. It's, it's not Shonen Jump, is it? No, Shonen. Yeah, no. It, they started doing Shonen Jump weeklies now. Is it? Because it was a monthly when we were kids, and right. then nowadays they've gone to a weekly only, and it's one. It was <laughs> lauded as one of the top 100 things to happen for geeks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no internet, guys. We there was no internet back then. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I didn't have a silver spoon to pay for that we, internet. We read things on paper. It's this uh, kind of crumbly... White stuff, I guess. White, oh, let's not With say white. <laughs> let's, not, let's not use the descriptor of white stuff. This is not triple x Look, it's this type but, of stuff that you write notes on, you're supposed to write notes on in school before you had laptops. I don't know if any kids... Go to your parents. Go to your parents and ask them what a letter is, and they may be able to pull one out of like a filing cabinet or something. Oh, that's another thing. You know what? No, I used to, when I, because I moved around a lot as a kid, so I got, I used to write letters back to my old geeky friends, and that's how we would communicate with the new stuff, hmm. was we'd write letters back and forth to each other, like, yo, did you see what happened on the recent, most recent episode of DBZ? <laughs> or, well, actually, back then, <laughs> do you see what happened on the most recent episode of Dragon Ball? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how old school we're talking, not Super, not GT, not Z, no, Dragon Ball. How often did you try to go Super Saiyan? I almost pooped myself too much times. I mean, that's, I tried how many times. Oh, I mean, I tried to go Super Saiyan last week. I almost pulled my back out. So. It, it got so bad. My mom once told me, I can't keep watching your underwear, this many pairs of underwear in three days. You need to stop trying to do whatever you're doing when you're yelling. Look, mom, I'm sorry. I just want to go Super Saiyan. Right. That's well, what was happening. I guess now my beard could go blonde. I don't really have anything on my head. No, man, you can go, you can go Ultra Instinct. I could go Ultra Instinct. That'd I'm almost awesome. there. Look, look, I'm almost there. I'm getting there. Yeah, that's true. Getting there. That's true. Getting old. Oh, gosh. So we were geeks. A little bit. We were geeks. We still are geeks. I mean, I am a full-fledged geek. Oh, no, geek. 100%. Give me any DNA test. I am 50% Puerto Rican, 50% Armenian, 100% geek. Every time. Yeah, that's... Every time. That's pretty accurate. I'm just, just go ahead and chalk me up as 100% Irish, 100% geek. It's, it runs together. There you go. Geek. And, and I want to specify that we're talking about being geeks and not nerds. Yes. Because that, uh, you know, those two words tend to be used interchangeably all the time. And mistakenly interchangeably. Mistakenly. They're, they're very similar. They're close. Earlier today, while I was uh, waiting on you to get to the restaurant, I googled the definitions of geek and nerd. And geek was defined as being an enthusiast of said topic, while nerd was defined as being like a studious intellectual of a, of said topic. See, I don't know. I have a problem with that definition. Go for it. Okay, so we just geeked out about some Dragon Ball Z right here. Right. Some Dragon Ball. Sure. Would you say you don't know a good 80% of the facts about Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball series? Sure, but do I have to? No, but that's but here's my thing is is what makes what do you when they say you know studious intellectual of what are they, are they describing the term as you know a lot about it or forced to know that topic? 
Well, I mean, we're not forced to know I guess any, not forced any to know of anything, this, but, but forced, I, well, to, I think, forced to educate yourself. Well, I think knowledge. as a geek, I think there's an expectation that you know more than the general person. Okay. But the topics that tend to be followed as a geek are, are to me, again, we're gonna com- we'll compare the two, but especially growing up in the '90s, it w- they were so niche that no one, none of the general population, knew what that crap was. That's true. So you automatically knew more, and and maybe that's why those two terms were used so often to mean the same thing. It's because just by knowing DBZ, just by knowing Pokemon, Digimon, Street Sharks, Gargoyles, oh God, Marvel, Sharks. DC wrestling whatever it may be just by knowing it you knew more about it than you okay. know 95% of everyone else. so i guess my issue is more with at what where's the line at webster <laughs> yeah somebody look it up webster i'm really going to need you to fix the definitions here they bleed together a little too much it's... i need to know what the threshold is at what point of the threshold of geeky knowledge do I become a nerd about that subject? And I guess this is what we're going to delve into in this, this podcast, though. So we have been friends for what? How long? When did we... Too long? Um, 2000, so let's see. 2000, 2007 is when we went to ASMS. Right. Well, 2006, 2007. So 2006, the year of 2006 is when All right, so we first got there. So August of 2006. Right. And we met Orientation Day, or first day right. on campus. So. Right. Whether you wanted to know me or not is a whole different story. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so we went. So we went to the same high school. Um, Kelsey went sophomore year, and I went my junior year. Yep. And it, this is the uh, Alabama School of Math and Science, also which, known as the Ann Bedsall School of Gifted Children. Absolutely. It is actually a thing they're getting put in the alumni book with the full-on ASMS logo replacing the X-Men logo. So that gives you an idea of where our geekdom comes from. Absolutely gifted we But a lot of people uh, that, you know, know about the school, they tend to label it the nerd school. Yes. And I guess, so again, going back to geek versus nerd, nerd at, at that point in which they're using it, they're saying that we are smart in the realms of science and math and, and scholarly physics. subjects. Sure, and physics. I was not smart at physics. <laughs> I just... <laughs> They made remedial physics for me for a reason, okay? It wasn't because I was intelligent. That's for darn sure. But they're saying nerd about, again, these, you know, these scholarly subjects um, and, you know, us, you know, I guess being advanced in it enough to go to the special school, you know, where everything is a a honors class and up, I guess. What they didn't know. To get in, all you got to do is turn in a paper and they're like, please join us and pay this fee. I think the thing that was interesting was, you know, that kind of high school experience, I'm sure, was so much different. Uh, being geeks, I'm sure, was 100% different in experience from a regular old geek having to deal with the confines of a, you know, Basic thousand, thousand plus kid public school yeah. getting lost. Finding uh, your click. Yeah. Getting pushed into locker. I don't know what you mean. Getting pushed, out, getting pushed out of you know, not not finding a click, just getting pushed out of all of them. Really, yeah. I don't know. Do people really get shoved in? The, I'm sure people get shoved in the locker. I know, I know, I, I know. Swirlies were a thing, uh, but we'll get into that one a little later. <laughs> I've never got a swirly. Uh, I was on the other fence, side of the fence in public school. I was, I hid my geekdom pretty well. So, okay. yeah, we, swirlies. I do know for a fact are a real thing. Sorry, Todd. You know, I was young, dumb, and a large child. So something that. I think really kind of defines us as maybe not necessarily being experts, but uh, gives us a little more uh, ammunition for this discussion is the fact that we had our school hosted uh, an event or a series of events. What was it like three times a year or twice a year? No, uh, Goofy Olympics. Goofy Olympics. That's what. Goofy Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, Goofy Olympics was once a year. It was our version of Spirit Week. So for all you public school kids, you had Spirit Week. We right. had Goofy Olympics. Right. It consisted of things like, oh man, uh, trivia questions, dressing up, you know, like you wouldn't regular, you know, public school spirit weeks, um, hall competitions where we have a certain theme based off of movies, comics. They basically pulled from popular culture and made a theme out of it. So it could be anything. Right. We lived on different halls and all of our halls had different names. So it was, 
Yes. It was modeled kind of like Hogwarts. It was exactly like, okay, no, it wasn't like Hogwarts. It was exactly Hogwarts. <laughs> okay, fine. Didn't we have, no. So what I was trying to think of um, was... Geekfest? Yes! Geekfest. Right. Oh yeah, Geekfest. Geekfest. That was that was the end of every every semester, right? Yeah, it was okay. our it was our but so Dead Week is what we call it in college is Dead Week. Right, right, right. Um, at the end of Dead Week, we would have which is the the week before finals. Right. At the end of Dead Week, we would have Geekfest, which is our version of Comic Con, basically. Right. You know, it was there is cosplay contest. Mm -hmm. There is video games being played. Uh, land parties. Yep. Oh god, land party. Kids don't even know about land parties. Halo what, War. What is Halo was one <laughs> Halo, the first Halo. <laughs> yeah, kids. Um Call of Duty 4, not not Modern Warfare, just Call of Duty 4. Yeah, no no ghosts, no Black Ops, no Black Ops 4. No DLC. We didn't those things didn't exist back then. Oh god, we could do a whole podcast about how much I hate modern games. EA ruined games. I'm tired of having to you hear pay. that EA. All right, I'm I'm just, I'm I'm going on a spiel. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> I'm tired of having to pay for the rest of the game. Look, if you ain't gonna put it out full to begin with, just get off my screen. Right. Sports N games. This is why I stick with sports games. That's true. It's you hard. don't have to pay anything extra. That's fair. What wasn't Geekfest also an all nighter? Yes. So Geekfest started at 10 p.m. Right. And would run until 6 to 8 a.m. Like our first couple years was 8 a.m. My senior year, which you had already graduated by then, right? They moved it down to six a.m. Okay. So yeah, I think that our experience at that school kind of <laughs> marks us as as somewhat experts in the field. I think you know we have enough experience under our belt. Um, let's go back in time. All right. This is this is back to when there was a wee little Vega. <laughs> let's not go with that, hair. Let's not go that far. The history of of geek, not just not any geek, the best geek. The 90s geek. Oh, the creme de la creme. Absolutely. So what was your your uh, geek platter? Uh, you know, oh, my go-tos? Yeah, when, like, when you were, you know, growing up. Um, So I, <laughs> I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, and so for DC Comics, that was my go-to for, for good. Uh, Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, and then later on, Guy Gardner, who is my all-time favorite Green Lantern for many reasons, but mostly because he is a dude that was super pissed off Took out his anger, went to the dark side, and came back to the light in the end. He handled all his demons and came back, so there's an actual true heroic story there. Anyways, that was my go-to, was Green Lantern Corpse, um, forever will be. But then beyond that, Black Panther in the Marvel Universe was actually the first Marvel comic I actually read. I did not know that. Yep, Black Panther number one. Wow. Randomly, random as all random gets. I agree. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, number one. Um... I don't even know how that one came about. It was just sitting on the coffee table one day, and I read it. It was kind of cool. Um, TV shows, the Justice League universe on TV was yeah. the amazing uh, Super Friends. Do you remember the old Super Friends? Uh, vaguely, they had the Wonder Twins. Yes, but they oh, still had they still had the Justice League, but they still had Wonder Twins in the there. rings. Yes, Wonder Power Twins. Wonder Twins activate. Wonder Twin powers activate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they, they were they were the go tos. The Hanna Barbera cartoons. Absolutely. Um, Pretty much run down the list on that one. Dexter's Lab, basically all of Cartoon Network at the time. Right. DBZ, we talked with Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. We could talk about that forever. Gundam, okay, so there's one, it's Gundam Suit G. The one where they controlled the Gundams from inside. Is, is that? And, the, and they wore those fancy suits, it was like country versus country. Right, I remember that, but was that the one that had like the giant white, blue, and red Gundam that like was like the face of Gundam, like the most no, popular that's Gundam. One? Gundam, I don't know which one that one is. Okay, that's the only one I really think. I, I was I never got into Gundam. Yeah. Um, Power Ranger, Digimon, VR Troopers. Sure. sure. Finish out the rotation. Ooh, VR Troopers, nice. We are VR. That's before this stupid VR stuff going on now. That was like, right, awesome '90s graphics and everything. It doesn't hold up over time. <laughs> see, see, that's interesting that you started off. See, I didn't start with comics. I didn't get into comics until my teens. Hmm. In terms of, you know, actual comics, not comic characters. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no, for sure. But actually reading the source material, I didn't get in, into that into my teens. I, I really think that my first venture into geekdom, I want to say, was Power Rangers. Meeting Jason David Frank and, and getting him to sign my Saba Saber was just a huge moment for me but I feel like um, when I when I discuss geeky stuff I never give Power Rangers the due they deserve 
in regards to my geeky history. Yeah. But th- but for me, that's really where it started. Um, I'd, I'd sort of agree with that. I think it feels like I solidified my geekdom as a kid. I feel like once I got into Power Rangers, there's no going back. Yeah. I mean, what could personify 90s geekdom more than shiny-ass, colorful spandex suits fighting giant rubber monsters? In giant robotic rubber monsters. Yeah, that can only, like, you remember watching Megazord fights and they only have, like, two motions? Yeah, and the sword would bend in the, in the middle of the swing. It's the superpower sword and he's like, Rah, and I'm, like, just watching it just ripple in the wind. And I'm just like, wow. Speaking of which, though, and I don't really know when it started, but I was always into uh, Godzilla, the mm. old Japanese ones. Uh, Godzilla versus Mothra, the battle for Earth, continues to mainstay. It's one of my favorite movies, even though I haven't watched it in probably 20 years. That movie was such a part of my childhood. See, no, I didn't, I didn't get into uh, Godzilla. But uh, it was it was Power Rangers, and um, of course I watched uh, the Spider-Man animated series. Mm. Batman, the animated series. Yeah. There was no animated cartoon t- to me that was more iconic than Kevin Conroy <laughs> voicing Batman. Forever oh. will be my Batman. That was that's probably the smoothest Batman voice we've had ever. He was quality Batman. You can't you hear that voice and you immediately like Batman where? Right. Where? No rasp there. No. There's I'm no Batman. There's no I'm Batman. No I'm Batman. No, there's none of that. Get them out of here. <laughs> Where's Harvey? Where is he? Martha. Mar- no, why'd no, Martha. That? Why'd you say that name? No. God. That was worst I'm, scene. Worst I'm, scene. I'm not in, talking. In the history. We can't. We can't. I'm talk a DC fanboy, and I will say that is the worst scene in DC history. And I'm counting the Green Lantern movie in this. I watched, you know, Justice League. I watched Justice League Unlimited. Um, but I think my biggest thing was the X-Men animated series. Oh, um, yeah. It does not hold up over time. No, Just want not. everyone to know that. It does not at all. But those are my X-Men. And, and you know, that solidified the X-Men as, as my favorite thing in all of geekdom. Yeah, I can what, see was that. that? Um, uh, you know one I, I forgot? It kind of stands up like X-Men does. What? Captain Planet. I, I yes. that is that is one that as a geek you kind of watched and you, you you may not have had any clue what was going on but you're sitting there watching it because it was just fascinating. Um, I, I think like I mentioned earlier, Gargoyles was one. Um, Transformers, Beast Wars, yes, Beast Wars, like that animation style, that 3D, like that was early CGI. Yeah, that was that like was... the beginning of CGI. That was awesome. Um, Megatron and his iconic yes. Yes! He would just oh, yes man. all the time. Man, I missed that. I <laughs> forgot that yes. He would just yes all the time. Autobots, roll out. So I know if you, uh, any wrestling fans out there think Daniel Bryan's yes, yes, yes was the first famous yes, it was not. It was Megatron and Beast Wars. That Quote was, me on that. That was quality. Right. Come at me, bro. Right. Actually, um, don't come at me. Come at, come at him. Yeah, come at he, me. He's the boss, man. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> one that we, that we haven't mentioned yet, though. And it, and it spun out of the the fame of Power Rangers was uh, do you remember Beetleborgs? Oh my God, do I ever remember Beetleborgs? <laughs> yes, they, I wanted to be a Beetleborg for forever. Give me the Hunter's Lance all day long, Green Beetleborg. Here I am. The, I will be the Fat Borg. I don't know what you want to call him color wise, but he's just gonna be the Fat so you, Borg. So you'd be a dung beetle. I will be the best beetle of it. Okay. <laughs> My favorite thing was that they actually had like the main guy actually had powers. Did I think the other ones had powers too? But he would like use his fingers. Yeah, he had telepathy. Move, yeah, and he would like move things. And then the girl had. Well, the isn't strength. that techni- isn't that telekinesis? Oh yeah, yeah telekinesis. 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 Right. Right. Yeah, right. telekinesis. Yeah. telekinesis. The green. The girl. The, girl the had, green. The green had speed, and the girl, the girl was strength. red. Had strength. Had strength. That's right. And then there was the white Borg, who I don't really. He was kind of whatever. Right. But then, of course, I guess what what became the pillars of my geekdom for for most of my time, outside of X-Men, was Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Digimon for a little bit, but it was Pokemon that lasted, and Yu-Gi-Oh. Look, Pokemon, I'm still playing Pokemon. Right, Pokemon. I'm a grown man sitting in an office at work catching Pokemon from my office building. Yeah. And literally, I'll be in a meeting catching Pokemon. It's that awesome. I'm waiting for the day that I get in trouble because... A kid rats me out 
for playing Pokemon Go during a therapy all session. You gotta, all you have to do is let him catch one Pokemon and he will feel better. Yeah. Maybe not, but he'd at least not rat you out. Yeah. But the thing was is that like it, like we're talking about this stuff and it's cool. We're talking about it like it's like it's the coolest thing ever. Because to me it is those those were the coolest things and still today they stand the test of time as some of the coolest things that I have ever uh, kind of partaken in, in you know in terms of enjoying that that yeah. part of culture. But for other people it was not. At mm. that time it was not cool. No, no. It was not even close to cool. Oh, God, so no. why do you think you actually enjoyed that when <laughs> the majority of society said, this stuff is stupid, do not like this? You know, for me, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's different for some other geeks from the 90s era. For me, it was a lot of my upbringing. I grew up really poor, and to be honest, it was an escape. And, I, the okay, so the first time I picked up a comic book, a Green Lantern comic book, uh, my dad took me over to his buddies where he used to get his medicinal help from uh-huh. Google medicinal help. Yeah. Alter- alternative medicinal helps. <laughs> yeah. And you'll find out what I mean. And I was, I was taken over to this buddy's house and I sat down in the living room and was handed a comic book. And that's what got me into my world. Right. The world of Oa. It just kind of worked as an escape for me. It worked as a, as a way to ignore what was going on around and just kind of stay a happy go lucky kid for as long as possible. Okay. And I I have to say, I feel like mine is pretty much the same thing. For me, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's a hard, fast rule, but I can't think of a time in which I met a rich geek. You know, to be honest, it's very, very few and far between. Right. And for me, you know, grew up, you know, either at the poverty line or well below it. Yeah. Um, And so my life was dull. There was nothing cool. There was nothing... Uh, exciting, and so the the offerings that the geek world gave were so out of this world. Yeah, and it gave my uh, my imagination a jump start, and it not only allowed me to escape into whatever the subject matter was, escape into Pokemon or Power Rangers or whatever, but it was like a workout for my imagination, so that I could just use my mind to escape from whatever the hell was going on. Yes, it didn't have to have a comic book, a cartoon a playing card in front of me. I could just go do something outside, which I know kids these days know nothing about. I could go outside and find something. I could find a rock and it becomes a Pokeball. Yes. I can find a baseball bat and it becomes a sword. It becomes a Saba sword to be exact. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's be honest here. Absolutely. You can go, you know, walk up and down the road. You know, back then it was, uh, I guess people think it was safer. I, I don't know that it necessarily was. <laughs> but we would walk nope. down the road without, without adults. Um, you know, I, used, I used to go and hang out at a park now, and that in Utah when I was growing up, or at that place in Utah where I was growing up, uh, it is now known as Meth Park. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> um, nice. If that gives you an idea of what <laughs> what actually happened in that park, uh, back in the day it wasn't really that bad, mostly because they stayed hidden. Nowadays, it's been so many arrests there for sure. it that sure. it's known as Meth Park. So I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same boat. It's wasn't really safer, but it was just. I guess I was able to tune it out. You know, I made my, I guess I I let my parents think it was safer. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like people today, I I think kids are overly attuned to what is happening in the world. Uh, You know, with, you know, the information that's offered on social media, just having access to the internet itself. Um, I feel like pe- like kids, younger people, are so attuned to what's really happening that they almost get sucked into it. Um, I feel like they're forced to grow up a little too soon. I agree. Like we we, we had the chance to, to actually have these these moments with comics and and video games and movies and TV shows that we could get away. So much of what we've mentioned in name all comes from a place that we probably owe our childhood to. Yeah. Uh, Japan. Yes. Um, You know, Power Rangers, all of the Mons, Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all the anime. You know, it's funny you say that. I had the opportunity to go to Japan um, when I I was living in Montana. I remember remember you mentioning this. And unfortunately, due to circumstances with the setup of the tour, and there was an earthquake at the time that caused some significant damage on where the tour would have been, um, they no longer offer the tour for that year. So I lost the opportunity, but that was one thing that I was going to be doing 
was touring the museum they have for the Power Rangers, which we call them Power Rangers. They call them something completely different. That off the top of my head. Super Sentai. Yeah, Super Sentai. Super Men. Sentai. Yeah. So they have a whole museum, and there's like something like 42 different editions of the Rangers. I was gonna tour that. That was like my thing on my free day that I was gonna do, and I was so excited because that is the one thing. Like as a kid, you're like. I want to see the suits up close in person. Right. I want my own suit, damn it. Like, give me <laughs> give me my suit. Why can I not be the White Ranger? What do you mean I can't be the White Ranger? But no, like, and that was what I was excited for. And unfortunately, I didn't get to go. But like you said, I, I felt like I owed a sacrifice. I was ready to go with whatever Poke or Par- Power Rangers paraphernalia or Pokemon paraphernalia to give away in order to see these free suits with me. Like, just to see them. That would be amazing. Right. But unfortunately, you know, yeah, couldn't do it. Yeah, I've seen so many videos, and I see so many shops. Not pop-up shops. No, full-time. Full-time permanent locations in Japan where they celebrate so much of this animated culture. Where in America, especially in the 90s, I felt like, oh, this is almost taboo. Yeah. It was almost taboo to like this stuff. I feel like it was still a holdover. I hate to say it, a holdover from World War II at this point. Really? You know? If you think about it, well, like, what reason do we have to hate Japan? Did, did Americans have to hate Japan? Other than the fact they bombed Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And what did we do? We did some not-so-nice things back to them. Sure. You know? I just felt like there was a lot of animosity still to the Japanese culture back in the 90s. It was just... It was different. You know, they talk about change around here. It's... Well, sure. It's not accepted. Well, sure, and, and so. being being a geek at that time, you were considered different, and different, I think, for for probably the test of time, has been has been looked at as wrong or strange, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of conform or be pushed away. Yes. Be pushed out. Um, and that, you know, was my experiences as a geek in yeah. the 90s. That's um, summed up pretty much my experiences as well. I you mean. know, elementary school, middle school... Um, I remember having two close friends and we carried around our, we carried around notebooks and we would draw and, and create new Pokemon and new Digimon, um, and new monsters, but it was just us. We, we couldn't be a part of other, of other groups because we were the weirdos. Yeah. You know, we brought our Pokemon cards to school and we were the losers for having Pokemon cards. Even going up into high school, the you know the first two years of high school before uh, I transferred to the school of math and science, I, I again had a couple friends, and we would we would create stories. We would draw creatures that represented us, and then we would write these elaborate stories mm-hmm. um, about them. And again, high school, no one gets more mature. Really, they no. don't. No, they, you, you just find a new just, way they, to be immature. They just get taller, and- right? <laughs> That's you it. get taller and angstier. They just found new ways of being immature. And it it continued to be a, I'm on the outside, I'm looking in, uh, I was not a cool kid. I wasn't a part of the cool kids. I couldn't talk to the cool kids. From elementary through middle through the begin of, beginning of high school. And then that changed when I, went, when I you know, went to ASMS. Because we were all the cool kids. Well, well, okay, okay, that's right, that's fine. Yes, I am well aware, and I am picturing specific people in well, my head. Well, no, not that. Um, I mean, there, we were all, we were all the geeks, the outcasts from our own. There schools. was much more. There was much and more so, equal footing. So yeah, everybody was on the same outcast level. Uh, honestly, truthfully, truthfully, the outcast at ASMS became the the normal people. From public schools, the ones that could fit in in public schools were the outcasts at ASMS, it seems like. True. Yeah, the the, the, the script was flipped. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that, that really is what it was like. See, for me, growing up in school, it was a little different. Okay. Um, just because I was not just a geek, but I was also an athlete as well. And we'll get to this a little more in depth later. But, you know, for me, I had two worlds I, I ran in. So... When I was around most of my athlete friends, like my baseball friends, my football friends, I could be that. And then when I was done with them, I would go to hang out with my geeky friends. And we do that. I mean, I would go to baseball practice with a bag full of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and my baseball gear. Did they know this? My baseball friends? Yeah. A couple of them did. My closer friends, yes. But for the most part, no. 
coaches had no idea. Nobody like that had any idea. You know, they just thought I was some goofy. Was that a conscious decision on your part? Look, man, I went to school with them. I'm going to go to the baseball practice with them. I had no choice. I was going straight from school to to, be, to baseball. So it's either don't bring my cards and don't play in homeroom in middle school or bring my cards, play in homeroom, and take them to baseball practice. And that's what I did. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Um, but if kids found out, it would have been a big deal. Because okay. why? You go into that. Well, yeah. No, no, cause so with the athlete friends, I, I, we mentioned this at the start, you know, me giving a kid a swirly. We were... Not nice kids. I still kind of have that asshole in me that wants to be a not nice kid. But, you know, we were a little more, a little crueler to people than we should have been. And it was like, I don't know, it was a status thing. And I I hated it, but I still did it because I didn't want to become like my friends who were geeks who were outcasts. So, you know, there's that kid in you who's like, but I want to just belong. Okay. And, and And that's what I, you know, I did what I had to do to belong. Okay. Right. With each group. Okay. Where I am now in life, I am purely in the geek realm of life. I am living purely in my geek happiness and I go to work and it's like everybody I literally have a thing on my on my desk that was given to me by my boss in my first week there. Okay. It says when your grandma finds out you're a geek and it's a picture of gauntlet. I've seen this. On my on my desk. It was the first thing I walked into in my second week there. This is given to me by my boss. So they knew I was a geek. So I've owned my geekdom over time. But right. it took a long time. Because you're still used to that clickness of elementary, middle, high school. That you have to fit in. You have to do what it takes to fit in without being... Nobody wants to be bullied. No. So for me, I had an out from being like my friends that were geeks. Yeah, you got to escape. Exactly, but into the world of the assholes that we hated, yeah, we did, and and you know what? And I regret, I honestly regret every single moment of it. I, I hated it. I hated who I was as a kid when it came down to it, um, because I did not enjoy being that, that bully. That was not, not what I liked. I I had a lot of resentment to myself from that, like especially going to ASMS, because seriously, the scripts were flipped. I was on the outside looking in when we first got to ASMS. Sure. And I had to learn to accept my geekdom to become friends with people. And that was, there was a lot of anger. It was different for me. I wasn't used to it. So it's, you know, for me, I was, I never had an issue fitting in until, until really I went to ASMS because it was the flip of everything I learned to survive. You know, and that's the thing a lot of, a lot of kids do is they just do what they have to to survive. And it was one of those things you just felt the need to do. And especially with, since I moved around a lot, it was easier to fit into the athlete group first and then find the geek group later on and do it that way because I was already playing a sport pretty much every time I moved to a new place I'd be in a new sport so it kind of worked out that way so I mean you know being athlete being geek was there ever moments where you had to kind of carefully navigate a day so that your two lives did not intersect like your athlete group didn't meet your geek group and you yeah. know kind of be found out that you were you know a, <laughs> yeah a double actually, agent oh god yes many times i have many stories about this actually um so yeah like i talked about i carried Yu-Gi-Oh cards right you know pokemon cards Yu-Gi-Oh cards insert card here right um a the, game boy the with, 90s drug dealers a, a, a game boy with pokemon yellow in it like you know oh yes so the Game Boy Color with Pokemon Silver in it, that was the best one. Absolutely. I love Silver. That's just my favorite. Yes. Um, anyways, I remember in Homeroom, I was in the advanced, because I, I, I was smart. I made good grades. Right. So they put you in the advanced Homeroom, and, and when I moved to Geneva, they put me in the advanced Homeroom. So I'm around a bunch of geeks. So I got to be my little geeky self. However, I would not go to that Homeroom until the bell rang every morning, because I would be out in the hallway hanging out with my athlete friends. And then they'd all go to their normal person homeroom, and I'd go to my smart person homeroom. It's kind of like you're the you're the jock that's walking the halls, and you're trying to find the perfect time to secretly sneak away to theater club. 
I, yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't want anyone Look, to know. Okay, there's a reason I love High School Musical is it reminds me of me as a kid. Okay. Uh, I want to edit out what you just stated, but I'm totally leaving it in there. Oh, please leave that in. I will own that. For forever, he managed to squeeze High School Musical into this episode. Hey, look, we're talking now. I'm really gonna need some therapy following <laughs> this. I'm really gonna it's need. It's a good some. thing you work around some. Anyways, <laughs> no, so yeah, I, you know, I, make put it, I snuck around to become the geek, right. the, the athlete fitting, sneaking off to be geeky. Oh, let me ask you this: say, since you put it that way, which was your side bitch? Was it? The, was it being a geek or being a jock? <laughs> Up until ASMS, I'd say athlete was my main okay main chick. Uh, being a geek was like a side venture. Okay, it kept me entertained and it kept me out of trouble, and it kept me from spending time around a bunch of idiots. Okay, um, I mean there was a time I went on a baseball tournament, a travel tournament with my team, and we were in downtown Colorado Springs, and they were having a comic con that weekend, and my dad told me he's like, "I'll take you." I'm like, "Yes!" So we we lost our first two games. It was it was two in a queue is what they call it two in a barbecue, right. so we finish, all the kids, get to the hotel take a shower, we all get out and we're all go with our parents on our separate ways we're all gonna have dinner that night paid for by the team so they're all going to do their thing me and my dad went to the comic con we're going in the entrance while the baseball team is walking by I hid behind my dad to get in there that just kind of sums up like how it, as a '90s kid you weren't accepted in your geekdom. Except for by maybe a couple close friends who know you. Right. Do you think, and, and I I really never thought of this until right now. I think your your story kind of sparked this question. Were you ever ashamed of being a geek? Because, you know, you kind of mentioned hiding behind your dad to get in. And I'm just thinking, do you ever think you felt shame? I don't know if I did. I, I like Honestly, I'm trying to think back. I do remember plenty of times where I would meet people. And, you know, they would ask, you know, hey, what do you like? Stuff like that. And, and I would go to things, you know, oh, I'm a big Yankees fan. I love baseball. Um, I can draw. I like, you know, I like drawing and, and painting and stuff like that. And, you know, unless they kind of said, oh, I like, you know, Pokemon or something like that. Until they said it, then I would be like, oh, I can open that door. Yeah. I'm allowed to say this here. You no, know, I, I, it, yeah, you actually hit that nail on the head right there. It's. I don't know if it was shame. I wouldn't say anything until the other person said something or they were wearing something like sure. a Pokemon t-shirt or something. Right. You know, then it would open that door. But, you know, I, I felt shame being the athlete a lot more than I felt shame being the geek, ironically, even though being a geek was my side bitch. Right. Like, it was still, I felt more shame being an athlete because I felt like it was, I was just doing it to fit in. I was just, to use a term, I was just a soldier taking orders. Is kind of what it felt like. Right. And it was a lot more shame in that because I wasn't being myself. And they, comics teach you many things. One of the big things is be yourself and everything works out. I wasn't living up to my Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, John Stewart, you know, idols. I wasn't yeah. being myself. All of that, all the shame, all the hiding, that doesn't exist anymore. No. That oh, is not a thing. Thank God. Geek is openly celebrated. Geek is sexy. You, you are... Geek is sexy. Can we make t-shirts? Yes. Can I wear those t-shirts? Absolutely. I, I feel like geeks are sought after. You know, it's you actually have a really good point. Think about how geek culture. Glasses. Glasses. Suspend. Okay. I'm going to basically say Urkel. Ooh. Urkel style. If you wear yes. that nowadays, you're one of the top best dressed people in your Absolutely. school. Hands down. Glasses are sexy now. Yes. Wearing glasses are sexy. Wearing the thicker plastic black rims. Yes. The Harry uh, Carey style. The different colors. Like, all of that is sexy. Wearing glasses, and I wore glasses growing up, I was ugly. It was, oh, there's the kid with the glasses. Yeah. Like, it was a defining feature and not in a good way. No, exactly. I, I just got glasses. I'm 27 now, and I got glasses two years ago. And I still spent the first two months wearing my glasses thinking people were judging me. Yeah. Geek culture has expanded. Movies, oh, TV, God. Avengers. <laughs> right? Thank the, you Marvel. For Marvel Studios. What you have done has opened the I I'm going to give Marvel the credit on this one. Go for it. Because since the Incredible Hulk, but Iron Man came out first. No it didn't. Yes it did. Nope. Look it up. Iron Man came out in 
Alright, I'll go with all right. Iron Man came Whichever out. Whichever one Man, came out. I looked first. it up. I looked it up recently because I thought the same thing. Oh, I Iron thought Man came Hulk, out in two thousand three and No 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 no. They came out the same year a month apart. And okay. Iron Man came out oh, first. Oh yeah, that's right, because Robert Downey Jr. ends up as the cameo in, in uh, Incredible Hulk. If you've never seen Incredible Hulk, by the way, I do highly suggest watching it just to give you some backstory on the Hulk since they don't do story for him except for the current story arc. Well, they can't. Because of... Because Universal still owns Anyways, the distribution rights. <laughs> I want to give Iron Man credit because our, the Marvel U- Cinematic Universe has opened a world for geek culture into mainstream media. Right. And Robert Downey Jr. has made being a geek sexy. And I never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth before Iron Man. You're right. Geek culture used to be the redheaded stepchild of society. Um, and now it is society. Yes. It is so mainstream. It is so integral to movie going, to watching TV. TV shows have even become more cinematic, you know, which has really caused the boom yes. in in uh, in television. So you give it to the MCU, right? You give it to Marvel. And I do agree. I do think Marvel was kind of the big one. But let's not forget that years before then. Spider-Man. You had Spider-Man before then, though. I mean, when did Spider-Man came, come out? 2002? First one? Oh, yeah, probably first one 2000, was 2002. I think the first one was 02 because 2000 I yeah, believe. Yeah, that's right because they had to they had to recut the last the the final editing after uh 9/11 happened because they had the twin towers as one of the main scenes. Right. But in 2000, I believe or 2001, wasn't that the first X-Men? Oh, maybe Fantastic 4 as well. But because by Logan Hugh Jackman had been playing the character for 17 years. Yeah. So that would have been 2000. That's crazy. So yeah, X-Men as well. But the reason I don't count X-Men is because how many people out there, seriously, would be like, X-Men 1, 2, and 3 were my favorite ever superhero movies. They're likely going to choose from the MCU current continuation. Well, well, true. And and again, I think the reason why, and I mention it in my Infinity War spoiler episode, and I touched on it in my last episode when I talked about movies and and being adapted from books. Yes. Um, What has made the MCU so successful is that it is these characters and these stories and they are streamlined for the general audience. They are made for everyone. Um, And now, again, you know, geek is so mainstream that people want to know more about it. And so I think geeks, in turn, have become more popular because they are able to to provide some of the information. They are the sharers of knowledge. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we are the holders of everything you wish. Oh, God. Please save us. But only to an extent. Yeah. Because the damn internet. Yeah. No, internet has ruined this for us, so thanks for that, Wikipedia. Because if you remember, you know, back in the 90s, before the internet, you know, we were reading these magazines, we were talking amongst each other, we were sharing these ideas. That's when fan theories were really running rampant. When we but had when not we just knew. that though, you couldn't just jump on a fan theory. You had to create it for yourself True. back then. Absolutely, because there was no way to easily share information. Exactly. The only person you could share information with was whoever you could ride your bike to. <laughs> yeah. Who, where are the bikes at? Whose house are they in front? Oh, oh yeah, let's oh, go. That's where everyone's at. We're going to Tony's today. Let's go. Right. So being a geek in the 90s meant, meant that you were invested in in whatever the, the the subject matter was. You were invested in that show and those characters, and you had to put in effort to learn more about them. Whether it was from uh, renting. Yeah, we had to actually go to the store, pick them up. Right, we had to go to this these, these long-ago blockbuster, blockbuster Hollywood video, the library. Movie gallery. Movie gallery. I forgot about movie. But yeah, we had to put in time, effort, and work into knowing stuff. Being a ge- you worked to be an outcast. You yeah. worked. Yeah. You worked to be given swirlies. I I worked to be ashamed of my geekiness. Right. We worked for it. Now, all they have to do is Google it. Oh, uh, here's an example. You remember the day Pokemon cards became a thing? They trading cards. Yep. I remember standing in line in the gas station, in the only gas station they were sold in the town I was living in, also hiding from my friends who were coming by to pick up chocolate milk. I would just say I was waiting on my dad inside. I remember standing there with 10 other kids. You were only allowed two packs per fam- or per person. I went in, I bought two packs. 
My dad went in, he bought two packs for me. I got in the back of the line and bought two more packs. Got in the back of the line again and bought two more packs. I ended up with 20 packs before 8.05 <laughs> on the day they released. Okay. I bought what they had left because nobody else was in line. So they let me do transactions of two multiple times, which is really annoying, by the way. No, I, I don't remember my first venture into Pokemon cards because it just kind of just kind of blew up for me. It was yeah. like a fireworks show. It just kind of happened, and there they all were. I'm just surrounded by these by these creatures on on cardboard. Shiny. Um, very expensive cardboard at the time, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and not that they're any cheaper today, but Marvel trading cards. Do you remember Marvel trading cards? I do. Okay, thank you. Like those, those were, so, were old school. Yes, those were so cool. Um, but for me, it was Yu-Gi-Oh. I remember the first time I ever got Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Um, it I was did. the release. They release the uh, Kaiba and Yugi starter decks, and I stole money from my mom and I walked down to the corner convenience store, and I bought I bought the two starter decks and I went home, and I had seen like two episodes of the cartoon and that was enough for me. I'm like I'm getting these cards and I bought them. And I went home and I'm looking at them and I have the Dark Magician and the Blue Eyes White Dragon and Pot of Greed and Monster Reborn and I'm like this is the greatest thing. I am a duelist. Don't get polymerization. Yes, polymerization, which I never used because I didn't like fusions. They were cool on the show, but not in the game. It's just a pain in the ass. And then I just went, and then I, 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 I stole more money, and I went back to buy booster packs. But we worked for, we earned our stripes as a geek, and I feel like today, everyone thinks they're a geek. Yes. Everybody thinks they know a little something because they read Wikipedia articles. Or just because they, they watched, you know, they went to the movies. Yeah. That, do you, like... So you know we, how much watching some of these movies bothers me? Because, like, as a person who watched the origin stories of some of these characters, and they're just like... All the liberties. Here's the origin think. story. Crack, break, smash into tiny little Hulk pieces. Yeah, that bothers me. I, I have a hard time watching it and be, like, separating. But then I'm like... Well, artist rendition. So here you go. Congratulations. That was really good for what it was worth. Right, right. But. Yeah. I remember the first time I sold cards. It was whenever I think X Men Three: The Last Stand. My brother and I wanted to go see, it, but we didn't have the money for it, and so we had a garage sale. And I had this big old bin of thousands of Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Not all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I kept a lot of those, but at the time I had mostly gotten out of Pokemon card collecting. Yeah. I sold all of them for dirt cheap, just enough for my brother and I to be able to pay to go see X-Men. So you want to really talk about geek supporting geek. <laughs> that, that's, that is one addiction supporting another. <laughs> that really was. But I, I just feel like geek doesn't have the strong meaning it does, or like it used to, you know, I think that back in the day, geek meant something, and yeah. I don't feel it has much meaning anymore, because I feel like geek's just everywhere, and no, so... No, you're right, it's a... It's almost not even a, It's I mean, it's not a subculture anymore, it's just a part of culture, and I feel like we have lost a part of our identity. It's almost as though... The thing we have strived, the thing we strived for in the '90s, we ha has finally happened, and it's terrible. I'm just like everybody else. I'm not. I'm not. But I feel like we are perceived but just like everyone here's else. Here's my flip side of this. Go ahead. You are saying that you are just like everybody else. Obviously, well, that's not true. Right. But at the same time, I look at it like, sure, everybody might be enjoying the culture. They're finally enjoying my culture. So like, I feel like this might be what people, and I've, I am definitely going to make this a stretch, but people who brought rock to the U.S., the Beatles. Yeah. This must be how they felt when they witnessed the first U.S. rock sensations coming over to London after, like Jimi Hendrix, after he made it famous, you know? Coming back to, to Europe to... To celebrate rock in Europe because they brought it to us, you know? Like, right. I mean, because let's be honest, there was rock here, but it wasn't popularized until the Beatles came over. Right, right. I wonder if this is how they felt. Yeah, we kind of are like, it's watered down culture, but at the same time, the watering down is so almost minuscule that I'm still okay with it. I'm still happy with it. 
Because you wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be doing my YouTube show if this culture didn't become pop culture. Because we wouldn't have an outlet to do it. Well, we wouldn't have an audience for it. Exactly. I mean... But the thing is, it's like... There's um, a place for it now. I am no way uh, an opponent to that. I, I love it. I love having all of these outlets, um, all these ways of sharing information and and linking up with other like-minded individuals. But someone proposed this this uh, this question on Instagram a, a while ago, and it was asking about how frustrated, as a comic reader, people get when they're having a conversation about a character. And, and a movie fan comes up, you know, someone who only watches the movies comes up and starts acting like they know everything about that character simply because they have watched this character, you know, develop in the MCU. Yeah. And okay. and at first I was just like, you know, that's not a fair question because the MCU is made for a different audience than the comics are. But then I realized that's a real life scenario of people thinking that, oh, now they know. Yeah. Now they're a part of this group. Because they watch the movies, you know, because they happen to read a little bit of the backstory on Wikipedia. That is frustrating to to step on my toes. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that because I literally just said those words. Right. It it does frustrate me as a comic book reader to, if people don't have the wherewithal to do the research to learn about the character that they think they know about on movie screens, but in reality they don't know the full story of them. And... You know, but that also gives me a, a point as a geek, as an, uh, I'm going to say as an OG, original geek, Word. that I can educate somebody. I can take that moment and turn it into a teaching moment and teach them something about this character that they say is their favorite and make it so it might actually become legitimately their favorite. That's that's what I take that moment as, is as, as an OG, as an original geek, I, I take that moment of, yeah, you don't know the full story, but hey, check this out. I got these comic books right here. Check them out. Let me know what you think of them. Right. Nine times out of ten, they come back to you and say, oh my God, that story was amazing. Are they all like this? Yeah, this is the original stories. This is what they started as. And, you know, it just opens up lights for these these new fans. And that's the thing, though, is it's opening up this world for new fans. Yes. I feel... Okay, so I get what you're saying. For me, I felt like being a geek as a kid regardless of how much I had to hide it. And maybe hiding it was a part of it. You know how you know people will say that when you're doing something in secret, it just makes it more exhilarating and exciting, trying to, you know, hide stuff. Um, I keep thinking of cheating. That's the only thing that, that comes back to. Really? Is, cheating? Is cheating being... That's what it comes is to? Is being exhilarating. Wow, never, you're I, not I, scarred I, in life at I'm, all. Jesus. Well, I've, I've never cheated. I, I have been cheated on. Do you need on, to see a but, therapist about these but, things? Uh, yeah, I'll talk to myself in the mirror. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> like, I think of it like this. Think of all the guys running moonshine back in the Prohibition days. You imagine that's got to be exhilarating as hell. But yeah, but it also made because them, it was illegal, and it made them special. It made them different. It gave them a it purpose. Gave them purpose for me. I felt like in the '90s, being a geek and liking all that stuff that I had to keep a secret was I was fucking special. I knew so much crap about. Well, you are special, but I we're not going to so, talk about that special. Yeah, let's not go to the short bus story. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I wrote. I, I knew so much about these things that no one knew anything about. And now I know so much stuff about things that some people do know a good bit about. And geek has become less special. I see, I still think I still think there is a geek meaning to geek. I think but I think now it's more of a positive lighted meaning. Where back in the day being a geek meant outcast. Like it was immediately associated with outcast. But nowadays being geek, you can be geeked up about something and be super hyped about it. Being a geek just means you're a fan of something now. And I feel like, the yeah, it's not that deep, dark secret in the corner, dark alleyway, you know, that we used to be like geeks back in the day. And, yeah, in your best friend's basement. Yeah, you know, whatever, underneath the sheet, I, whatever freaky <laughs> shit you guys did. The point is, it, yeah, it's not that anymore, but it's more positive. It's everything we as a geek wanted it to be. I think this might be a difference between... How you were just in the geek culture as a kid, and I was in the athlete and geek culture, where I had to hide being a geek from my friends. 
But that doesn't have to happen anymore with these kids. At all. Ever again. There doesn't have to be a kid getting picked on because he's a geek. You yeah. know. In reality now, there's not going to be all this notion that kids are being bullied for being geeks or being nerds. or right. being They're being bullied for just everything else. They're just being bullied for just stupid shit. Like, people right. are just stupid, right. you know? Yeah. So it's it to me I like it a lot more because of the way I like I said I had lots of shame towards being in the athlete side and doing what I had to do. There's not kids that have to do that anymore. Yeah, I will say that. Uh, I mean, for those of you who are who are geeks now, maybe some of you are younger geeks. Uh, you have it easy. We have we uh, paved the way for you. You're welcome. You guys don't have 8-bit games to play anymore. Right. You're welcome. Ooh, 8-bit. We, uh, all you have are what? Eight, what, they have 8-bit Funko Pops? That's, that's yeah, the that's most 8-bit the they 8 -bit. have. Or um, when Pokemon Go went to the 8-bit for a week. Right. We, uh, we walked the difficult path for you. He's the geek Malcolm X is really what this is. And I'm the geek MLK where I have a dream for all-encompassing geekdom. And he I, has a dream for geeks to be the supreme rulers. And the master of magnetism. Um, you know. Since you know, Magneto was was based on Malcolm X. Well, so um, was Killmonger from Black Panther. And can I just say to 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 your spoilers on the Infinity War, the one thing that you failed to mention that disappointed you is I want reactions between Shuri and Tony fucking Stark. Yes, agreed. I want to see those conversations because we saw a little bit in the Bruce Banner moment. Well, why didn't you just connect it to the synapses and just change them how the fire? Uh, cause I didn't think about it. Like, where's Tony in that? He could have easily popped in like, oh my God, this, and that would have been the, that will be the greatest interactions ever. And I'm so disappointed I didn't get to see that yet. I'm disappointed that Tony and Dr. Strange didn't make a facial hair comment. But, but here's the thing. This conversation right here, maybe this is what separates us still from the general fans of these things that go watch it, enjoy it, and then that's it. Yeah. For us, we continue it. We we come up with the fan theories. We come up with right the would have, should have, could have, what we would have done in the director's place. While we have zero right. <laughs> experience being a director, it jump starts our imagination. And I think now more than ever, and maybe that is now what separates true geeks from whatever the general culture is now. Yeah, um, and I think that's the thing that bothers me is that. It's such a part of mainstream that the the line between, uh, you know, general culture, general which, geeks and actual and, geeks, and actual geeks, is, the same line between so, geeks and nerds, right? Is so blurred. I feel like as much as I hated the divisions back then, I knew where I stood, and now it's a little more confusing. Yeah, I can see that. You know, to get back to the topic, we mentioned at the beginning we would end with. Geeks versus nerds. Absolutely. Alright, so your your issue is general geekdom, what is now known as a geek, is different from geek that right. we know it as, right? Yes. But the line is blurred. Yes. Okay, well the geek and nerd line is getting to that point too. So, alright, where do you fall on the geek versus nerd then? Since we know where you fall on the geek side, where do you fall on the geek versus nerd just as a general argument then? Well, I think that now, in order to be a true geek you have to be a nerd you have to have that more in-depth knowledge of of whatever that you know the topic said topic is you have to know so much more than the general public is offered i think that geek is what you like and nerd is uh how much you dive into it yeah i agree with that but so for me you kind of hit the nail in the head on that one so for me you know geek you kind of right i mean geek you you have to be a little bit nerdy to be a geek but here's the thing is to be a geek you got to be a little bit nerdy but not all nerds are geeks you yes know? i agree um i feel like geek is the culture side to the the whole argument and nerdiness is the educational side to the whole argument sure I think so like if you analyze infinity war and you say the physics are off on Titan because of yada, yada, yada. I feel like you, immediately you fall in the nerd category. Yes. Because you are taking a real-world situation and applying it to a comic book situation. Okay. And, and, you're, and you're applying 
uh, you're you're applying things that require extensive knowledge. Yes. Right. Not the general the general person isn't going to come up to you and start talking about you know the theories of gravity and things. Yeah. Like nobody that. nobody really gives a shit that it's not you know gravity's nine point eight meters squared. So, but then the geek side of it, if you look at Titan and you think, wow, that was really great, but you're trying to figure out where the hell they went wrong, which is very obvious at getting the gauntlet off. And then also there's a whole nother thing with Thor's eyes, a different color. I know he got an animatronic one, but it's still like the same color as Heimdall's eye. That's really weird to me. I still don't understand but, how Thor knew to land in Wakanda because he's never been there. Exactly. But here's the thing. Go ahead. That's what makes us geeks, and that's what doesn't put us in the nerd category for Right. Me. We're not bringing anything from the practical world into this. We're solely digging deeper into the comic, the, the imaginative world that is presented to us. And that's why I, where I say that geeks can be nerds, but not all nerds are geeks. You can accept the comic book world for what it is. Right. You're a geek. There you go. Thank that's you. a better way to put it. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned, I think, early on, you know, about uh, your YouTube channel. Why don't you go yeah. ahead and make, make so, some plugs? But, yeah, so uh, we're going to be starting a week. It's called The Weekend Geek. Um, you can find us on Twitter, The Weekend Geek Show, and YouTube. It'll be up this weekend. We're actually filming our first episode on Memorial Day. Okay. So we're going to be doing some, some different things. We're going to be kind of running down Solo, the movie. We're going to be running down Deadpool 2. But the whole idea behind it is during the week, we all kind of put on this shell. You know, okay. some of us have this little bit of a little bit of luxury. We can be our geeky selves. But for the most part, we put on our businessman shell. We put on this appearance Monday through Friday till 5 o'clock p.m. or whatever time you get off work. And then you geek out. You do the one thing that you love to be a geek about. And that's what the weekend geek is. It's the things we geek out about. So we're going to cover topics on music, on pop culture, on geek culture, video games. I love baseball and sports, so I'm going to explain baseball to Marcus and see how that works out in a couple episodes. I look forward to hearing They're going to be hilarious. I can already tell you. Um, also, I'm going to drop some dad jokes on him because he hates dad jokes, and it's going to be the funniest thing ever. So we're going to have a good old time. Check us out. The Weekend Geeks Show is on Twitter, and YouTube will also be the Weekend Geek Show. We're going to get our Facebook page up, but we're going to wait till the first episode's out, so that way you have a platform to look at it on. All right, the Weekend Geek Show. Well, awesome. I appreciate you doing this with me. Yeah, man, it was fun. I'm sure we'll uh, have some sort of discussion again on someone's show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get you in.